What's up guys, Adam Kramer with The Game Day, ready for some winners and some losers and one to watch after week 14 of the NFL season. I can't believe it's week 14 already. Uh, a reminder about The Game Day before we dive into these, uh, follow us across social media. The Game Day, uh, it's mentioned this every time and I'm not just saying that because they pay me to say it, but I'm. it's a joy to be with uh, a company that really is about football, especially the gambling aspect. It is fun content. It is lighthearted across social. I think it gives that vibe. You can follow me on social at kegs and eggs. I do a podcast every week with Marcus Mosier. We talk about all the best uh, lines, our favorite picks of the week. We do a debate. Um, it's really, really fun. So comment on those and, and just engage with us because we're having a blast doing it. Okay. Enough spam for the time being. Uh, Winners and losers for this week. To me, the winner was easy. As I'm watching Sunday, it really stood out. And that was Chase Young. And then the more I thought about it, it's not just Chase Young, but it's also that Washington defense. Washington beats the 49ers 23-15. to They've got it going. They've got it going. And we'll talk about them. Let's talk about Chase Young first. His day. Six tackles. A sack. Two QB hits, a tackle for loss, two batted passes, a forced fumble. Uh, he hits so hard, by the way, those forced fumbles. He's been just absolutely everywhere. Uh, a fumble recovery and a touchdown. Now, if you have not seen the touchdown, you should go watch it. Um, he is a big, big man. He's a big end. Athletic, obviously, but a massive, massive human being. Kind of palmed the ball with one hand. Had that kind of Jadavion Clowney where just kind of the ball's just like suction cup to his hand and then runs it down the sideline into the end zone. Athletically, it's just, it's it's pretty scary. Another thing about Young, I, I feel like um, he's gotten a, a bit of a, a knock because the statistics haven't been as jaw-dropping as maybe some of the other ends. Now with five and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Every time I've watched him, he's been an absolute disruptor, right? And, and so we, we fall in love statistically sometimes with these players, and there's some guys with more sacks. I mean, there's a player with five sacks, and yet I thought this was still kind of the most dominant defensive performance that I've seen. I think for a number two overall pick, this is, this is everything you want. 16 and a half sacks uh, for Ohio State, his senior year, a rookie this year. And, and really kind of the, uh, the voice, the heartbeat of a really good defense. We talk about Washington overall. They've won four in a row. They've had three road games in that time. Coming off a huge win against Pittsburgh. Gave Pittsburgh their first L of the year. And they've only allowed 57 points in their past four games. An average of 14.25 for you math fans per game. Really, really impressive. Biggest news. Now 6-7. and seven, Lead the NFC East with three games left. Long term, they got to figure out what they're going to do on offense. They've got a great wideout. Um, they've got uh, they've got obviously to figure out long term what they're going to do at quarterback because Dwayne Haskins is most not likely it. And Alex Smith, who knows? But if they can get a quarterback and they can get some offense, this is a young defense with a ton of talent, has a ton of bite. I think the the future is really really bright for this group if they can figure out how exactly they're going to move the ball offensively because defense looks looks lights out. All right, loser. It's an interesting loser, right? I always like to be creative. I don't want to just do like loser, um, this team stinks, this player stunk, um, could do Dan Bailey. But that's rough. That was a rough kicking day. No, no, no. We're going to do anyone who's bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. That is not just a one-week loser. If you've bet on the Chiefs the five uh, previous five weeks, you have been a loser in all five of those weeks. So let me explain. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, beat the Miami Dolphins 33-27. They were a seven-point favorite. 
They won the NFC West. Congratulations, but they did not cover against the Dolphins. They're 12-1 on the year. This is a mix of good and bad, by the way. From a non-Vegas standpoint, all of this is great. You win the AFC West, you're 12-1, and one, um, but you don't cover. And this is a place that likes to talk about covering. Now, let's start specifically with this Dolphins game, because this was... Um, this is kind of a yeah. This is kind of a gross beat, bad beat, gross beat. Unfortunate. If you bet the Chiefs, you're feeling good. It's the middle of the third quarter. Okay, you are up by 20 points. You did not have a great start to this game. Mahomes threw a couple of picks. Uh, Dolphins got out to an early lead. Then Kansas City kind of grinded back into it. Travis Kelsey is just continuously um, just amazes me with his video game numbers. Just just shaping up to be a goat tight end. I digress. Kansas City turns it on. They're up 20 in the third. They're up nine points late in this game. Nine points. Miami is driving. There's 16 seconds left. It's a two-score game. Brian Flores calls out the field goal kicker. He drills it. They go up six, uh, or the deficit six, I should say. Miami covers despite losing by six and pretty much being down after that initial surge. And Mahomes, we just had to change his batteries out, and then he did his thing. So, Kansas City loses against the spread again. Now six and seven against the spread on the year. But here's what the past five weeks have looked like before this, right? So you have a loser here. Carolina Panthers, they won 33-31 as a 10-point favorite, so not even close. The Raiders won 35-31 as an 8-point favorite. At Tampa Bay, if you remember that game, they were up big, kind of similar to the Dolphins game. They win 27-24 as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And then the Broncos, they were 13-point favorite, and they win 22-16. So what does this say? Uh, you know, as a team, we've talked about it on the podcast, I think the Chiefs are kind of interesting, and I'm conflicted now. Are they disinterested? A bit in games? That's no knock. The Dolphins have pretty good defense, played well, intercepted Mahomes. Are they, like, what's this team going to look like in the playoffs? Because they're playing with fire a little bit, and yet there's confidence, and there's Mahomes, and there's Andy Reid, and how will that translate in the playoffs? Or is this going to be what they do, just kind of, quote-unquote, grind out these wins? Uh, who cares about Vegas if you're the Chiefs, except for, you know, people that are watching this that are begrudgingly accepting the loss, and move on? I'm very, very interested. I think the Chiefs are a really fascinating team to watch as we progress, and certainly in the playoffs, but lately, just not covering the numbers. It could be basically six weeks by the time they play again where they have a time uh, can win a game for the spread for the first time in a while. Still not bad, though. That Mahomes guy, he's okay. Even with a couple interceptions, he's okay. Last one, a little bit near and dear to me, one to watch, Jalen Hurts. Uh let me just start by saying I've watched probably more starts of Hertz live in college uh, than maybe any other quarterback really now. Covered Alabama quite a bit, covered Hertz a lot in the playoffs, talked to him over time. Really interesting, thoughtful dude, guarded, and I mean that in the best possible way. Well, he gets a win uh, replacing Carson Wentz 24 21 over the Saints. The numbers are, are good. I mean, he had a great first half. Uh, 17 of 30, 167 yards, a touchdown, and then 106 rushing yards in his debut. First half had 129 passing yards, second half 38. Did have a fumble, but I think of all the stats when you were looking at this game and the thing that probably drove Eagles fans the craziest, so there's a lot with when some of those throws, um, yikes, but zero sacks. That's really important. He's going to give you that right away. So he steps in. He's still a little bit raw, 
right? He's obviously inexperienced. Um, it's not like they have the best weapons either. You're not going into the Chiefs' offense. It's not to say they don't have some dudes, but they don't have a ton of dudes. So let's just be real here. Um, I, I just think Hurts is a fascinating situation, and I'm curious to see what the Eagles do short-term, long-term. Now, you pick this guy in the second round, pick 53 overall. At the time of that pick, I think there was some confusion as to why, and maybe this is why, uh, although at the time I'd say it was a, a little bit of a shocker. When you look at Hertz's career, was good at Alabama, obviously won a lot of games, got to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, and clearly that was a place that developed him offensively um, a lot better. And, and look, Kyler Murray, uh, Baker Mayfield, that's no surprise. He picked the right spot. Uh, he finished second in the Heisman to Joe Burrow. He scored a ton of touchdowns, 52 his senior year, and ended up getting picked, I think, a little bit higher than people thought, but good on him. So here's the reality, though. So short-term, you got you're, you have to play him, I assume, although who knows with the Eagles. But the guy just won a game. You're going to want to see what you have. Long-term is where this gets wild. Okay, so Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is benched. Not the easiest sentence to say. I'm not going to try and say it five times fast. They signed him to a four-year, $128 million extension in 2019 that hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even kicked in. It kicks in next year. It's nearly $70 million guaranteed. There's a huge cap hit next year. So you've got this rookie contract on a second-year deal that's going to be very cost-friendly. And then you've got Wentz, who are you going to trade him? What are you going to do? And what does that mean for Hertz's future? I think a lot of that depends on what we see over the next couple of weeks, uh, if you can move a guy like Wentz. But for Hertz in particular... I just, I just want to see what we get out of him. I want to see how they use him in play calling. I want to see how much they let him run. I, I'm just excited for him. I want him to do well. I want him to be in the winner's category. And I think as long as he protects the ball and as long as he can avoid the sacks and just those plays that have, those negative plays that have really crushed the Eagles, uh, I think he could do well there, even if there's going to be some probably growing pains along the way. So looking forward for uh, more of Jalen Hurts and, and just fascinating to see how the Eagles handle that. So with that, winners, losers, and one to watch. We're certainly going to keep an eye on him. Better keep an eye on Chase Young if you're trying to block him, because if you don't, you're in trouble. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week. Before we head out, a reminder, check us out across social media at the game day. You could follow me at Kegs and Eggs. Check out the pod. Before you go to the window, you're going to want to hear what we have to say, even if you don't agree with us. Uh, hopefully you have a few laughs, and it's uh, enjoyable for you guys, and, and let us know what you think. So with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>